I find it interesting how calendars work out. I have for a number of years tried to use the lectionary, that three-year table of readings from the Old Gospel and New Testament as a source for preaching. And when Reverend Greg contacted me about uh, filling in today while he was down in Atlanta so he could be uh, there to help the family in his aunt's memorial service, I began to look at this Sunday's lectionary readings and uh, then, uh, this was several weeks ago, and then as I thought through it, then we began doing our fall stewardship campaign and I looked and realized that here I was, the text was focusing on giving and I was doing it right after uh, we finished the stewardship campaign. But I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) When you thought about stewardship this past month, how did you decide what to give to the church? How does Jesus feel about your giving? For an idea about how Jesus feels about giving, I invite you to listen to that text from the lectionary as I read this morning from Mark's Gospel, chapter 12, beginning with the 38th verse. As Jesus taught... He said, beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplace and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance, say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury. And watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came in and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called the disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who were contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all that she had to live on. Listen. For what the Spirit is saying to the church today. Actually, I remember it very well, even though it happened a long time ago. It was the first Sunday in December. I was pastor of a new church. And as I shook hands with the worshipers as they left after the service... I greeted one and then turned to shake hands with the next man in line. And as we did so, I realized there was some folded paper between our hands. And after we finished shaking hands, I slipped it into my pocket and greeted the next person and on until the service was over. After they were all gone and I was heading back to my study, I reached in and pulled out the piece of paper. And I realized that it was a personal check made out to the church. The next morning, I phoned the man to ask about it. And he said, oh, that's to pay my pledge to the church for the year. Could you make sure the bookkeeper gets it? Well, of course, I could, and I did. But, of course, I also realized that was his way to make sure the new minister knew what he gave to the church. Because what people give to God is always, always an interesting matter. Jesus addressed that in the text that I just read a moment ago when he evaluated the gift of the widow and the other donors compared to what they had, not to the amount they gave. See, Jesus and the disciples were in the uh, temple in Jerusalem and likely were out in the courtyard, the outer courtyard that surrounded the sanctuary. In 
several places, in fact, 13 places around that courtyard were large box containers with kind of a horn-like device coming up out of the top so that people could walk by and, and place the money into the horn and now it would go into the treasury boxes. Jesus sat down and they were watching and here came some fairly wealthy people, obviously, because they, they put in a lot of money. You could tell by the way they put it in. They had a lot of money. And that went on for a while until a little woman very quietly walked up and ding, ding, two pennies, two little coins. Both of them together worth about what we have today is a penny. But it was that gift. It was that gift by that widow that prompted Jesus to talk to his disciples. He said, you know, that poor widow put in more than all the others together. Now, the disciples could do basic math. And they knew the value of those two coins. And they could tell how much had been given by those others. And they didn't understand. So Jesus explained. He pointed out the others had given out of their abundance. What they gave to the temple probably had very little effect on how they lived the next day or the next weeks and months. They had plenty after, left over after they gave to the temple. But that widow gave about all she had. Didn't have much to start with. And now she had less. And her life would be significantly affected by what she had given to God. Now, like the man who wanted to be sure that I knew how much he was giving to the church, there are people today who want more credit for their giving than the amount warrants. Maybe you've known people like that. The world's stingiest man went Christmas shopping. It was that time of year. But as he looked around get, looking for a gift for one friend, everything he saw was just too expensive for what he wanted to spend for that person. Until he found a $50 vase that was on sale for $2 because the handle had broken off. Well, he bought it and then asked the salesman to ship it by mail to his friend so that he would think that it broke in the mail. A week after Christmas, he received a thank you from his friend. Thank you for the lovely vase, the note said. It was so nice of you to wrap each piece separately. As far as God is concerned, when we give in such a way to get more honor than we really deserve, I have a feeling God knows how to balance the books for accuracy. Now, I realize that a lot of time when we talk about giving to the church, we've just finished the stewardship campaign, and it's important for a congregation like ours to do a good job in stewardship. In fact, I talked to Mike Rubish after the first service, and he indicated that we've exceeded by a little the amount that was the target for our stewardship this year, which means, again, after last year, again this year, uh, it's coming year, we're going to be able to do much out of this church. I'm always amazed at how we respond to need, how we respond to what God asks, how we see people in need and we do something, how we work together with each other, how we teach our kids, how we support our youth, how we do all these things. And we can do it again this coming year because of the way in which you've given. And it is important to talk about our expenses and the bills we have. But believe it or not, that's not the way the Bible talks about it. The Bible doesn't talk about how much we need to pay. Now, 
be sure, Paul didn't hesitate to say to folks, you need to give. There are needs here in Jerusalem church, the widows and the orphans, and I encourage you to give to help them. He didn't hesitate to do that. But when he did it, he didn't talk about the amount. He talked about do it as you're giving it to God. For Paul and for the early church, for Jesus, I think what we give is what we give to God, not to an amount. And so when we, if we're not careful, when we talk about giving to pay the bills, we may confuse people about what's going on. We need to be clear how we give. Bill Jones was out taking a walk. Maybe he was like uh, uh, Walter. Walter's having to exercise now after his heart experience, and uh, he's, he's proud of how far he's able to walk now. Bill's out taking a walk, exercising to get strong after his heart attack. And the telephone rang at home, and his wife Edith picked it up and said, hello. And it was from Reader's Digest in New York. They were calling, say that uh, Bill had won the sweepstakes, and he was going to get $5 million, and that a courier would bring the certified check by that sometime that week. Edith was ecstatic. This was wonderful. Now they'd be able to do everything they'd ever dreamed about doing. It was so wonderful, except after having a heart attack, Bill wasn't supposed to get all that excited. What would happen when he learned? Well, she became afraid he'd have a heart attack and drop dead, and she didn't want that, so what was she going to do? She, I'll call the pastor. So she called Reverend Hendricks and said, I need your advice. And he said, what do you mean? He said, well, we just got a call. Bill's won the Reader's Digest sweepstakes for $5 million. He said, that's marvelous. What's your problem? She said, well, I don't know how to tell Bill. I don't want him to have a heart attack and drop dead on me. Well, the minister said, I have an idea. I'll be over in about an hour and I'll, I'll help you out with that. And so about an hour later, the minister and Bill and Edith were sitting in, in the living room and they had a, a glass of lemonade and talking. And Bill thought, it's nice for the minister to drop by and see how he was doing. But then Reverend Hendricks put his lemonade glass down, kind of leaned forward and said, you know, Bill, I've got a problem I've been working on and I need your advice. Sure, Pastor Bill said, I, what, I'll do anything I can to help. What is it? Well, Bill, it's really kind of a theoretical situation uh, about Christian stewardship. What would a person do, for example, uh, what would you do if all of a sudden you found out you'd won $5 million? What would you do with the money? Oh, that's easy, Bill replied. I'd start by giving a half million dollars to the church. Whereupon Reverend Hendricks had a heart attack and dropped dead. I've been a minister for a long time, number of years in ministry, and something that I learned early in that period was that ministers need to have more confidence in the members of the church and their growth and development. I've learned that folks like you, as you grow in your faith, you give to God. You want to be a part of God's ministry. You want to do things for Jesus that just must be done. And you've learned to give not to the budget so much as to God and God's work. And that's important. A family was driving home from worship after church one Sunday. And the mo mother noticed that the little boy still had his offering in his hand. And she says, why do you still have it? Why didn't you put it in the basket? He said, well, I looked in the basket and it seemed like they already had enough. Maybe he had learned from the adults. Sometimes that's the way we do. If we think there's enough, we don't give. But actually, 
Did you know, actually, if we had enough money in the church, I, I know that we are subscribing the budget for next year, but if we had enough money to cover the next three years of budget, if we could pay for any remodeling or repairing or updating that we need to do in the church, if we could pay for the expenses of the South Side uh, site for five years to come, we still ought to be giving. Because we're not giving to the budget, we're giving to God and the work that God wants done in our church, in the community, in the world. If we give because we looked in the basket and there wasn't enough, then we have room to grow spiritually. Sister Melanie walked down the hall of the convent. And as she did, she met Sister Cleophas. Sister Cleophas was short. She was bent over, walking with a cane. For over 40 years, she had taught math in college. And then she spent several years working in the convent distributing food to the needy. And now at age 86, her poor health kept her from being anywhere but the infirmary. As Sister Melanie greeted her, Sister Cleophas smiled broadly. Your smile is so important to me, Sister, Melanie said. Cleophas smiled again and said, my smile is all I have left to give. I think... I think that's the attitude about giving that God likes. She'd given all of her life. Now she had nothing left to give but her smile. And she gave that. So this morning, I'm proposing that we learn from two women. The widow at the temple and Sister Cleophas in that convent infirmary. Then God will be able to evaluate our gifts compared to what we have and say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Frankly, folks, I'm, as a retired minister, a happy member of First Christian Church now, I know us well enough. We can do all the things that God puts before us, all the things that are in the community that we can do as believers in Jesus Christ. We can do all of that if we choose to. And that brings us back, I guess, to the central issue of stewardship always. An elder in a disciples church recently told her minister, God will not judge us by how much money we gave, but by how much money we kept for ourselves. I think she's right. You pray with me. Oh, gracious God, we thank you this morning for what you give to us. You give far more than we can need or understand, and yet there you are always caring for us. We thank you and ask that you would help us to be responsive members of your church. Amen. As we stand this morning, I...